Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Time for the 49ers Rush Podcast. And here's your host, John Chapman. What is going on, Faithful? It is incredible to be back with you guys. You know, all the traveling and stuff I've been doing, I I just want to be here. (laughs) Talking football, breaking down film, going over Niners and all those things. And today's episode is going to be a little different. Uh, This is episode number 873. And it's funny because, uh, you know, I put, the show out there and I labeled it and tagged it and put all that stuff and loaded it. DMs started coming in. <laughs> the title of this show is 49ers worst of the worst on offense. Um, and yeah, I know I'm the positive guy and I, I love always spinning things in a very positive light. And I do want to say thank you to all the hashtag CC showing up. What's up, bro? Train wreck, the new big papa. We got a lot of great people in here. I really appreciate you guys being here. But from time to time, it's fun to step back and just kind of look, just kind of look at things from, you know, a wider perspective. Um, I got this idea from the great Eric Martinez. What's up, man? Appreciate you, man. And, you know, he asked me, he's like, man, it would be, it'd be a fun exercise to go through and kind of create an entire starting lineup out of players that didn't work out. Um, the, the worst of the worst, so to speak, to use his language, like uh, whether it's injuries or whatever. And so I've just spent, you know, a lot of time yesterday and today just going back through past drafts and trying to see what this looks like, you, you know, because again, whatever you're talking about, like worst of the worst, somebody immediately comes to mind, but a lot of times they weren't high draft picks or whatever else. So we'll jump into that. So today we're going to do offense. We're going to go quarterback, running back, wide receiver, O-line, tight end, all that stuff. Um, and it, I kind of had to stop myself because it's just this endless pit. Like I could have had 15 wide receivers. Uh, the weirdest thing that I found was there's no bad tight ends in this organization. There's none. There were there guys that didn't hit. Yeah. Some six round picks or seventh round picks. Tight ends have been solid offensive line. Solid. But man, those skill positions. Yikes. Uh, really, really bad. What's up guys. Appreciate y'all showing up. Um, Tommy, he, he's trying to get me. Vince Young was the bus. Vince Young was offensive rookie of the year. My friend, uh, it defeated all of your teams, whether that's OU or USC. So, uh, Tommy, I love you, but you are wrong here. Suck it. My friend. Uh, <laughs> anyway, now I cannot do a whole show. That's just negative. You guys know me. Uh, so I wanted to continue and kind of sandwich this episode in with the best of our number series that we keep doing. We're up to numbers 13 and 14. So I want to start the episode with the best to ever wear number 13. And I want to end the episode, the best to ever wear number 14. 
in the middle of that, it's going to get rough. Um, and so I do want to warn everybody. I don't want to trigger any PTSD, but uh, there will be names that we do not mention here very often. Um, yeah, look at this. Uh, Jalen Hurd. It didn't even make my list, to be honest with you. And I think you'll understand why. Um, you know, if you're just looking at the Shanahan era, I think, yeah, you can totally make that argument. But um, Elvis Gerback, what's up, Brian? How are you, man? I love this. Tim Rattay, what's up, Chadwick? Yeah, there's a bunch of them. So before we get to that, let's go with the best player to ever wear number 13 for the 49ers. Um, and again, whatever they do for other teams, I don't care. I just care about us. Let's go Niners. Let's go faithful. And a, a lot of players, 13 is a popular number because, you know, we're still in the single digits in these lower numbers. And so you're just getting a whole bunch of punters and kickers. Well, 13 is a very popular quarterback number. There's no doubt about it. And so, uh, so those things started showing up for sure. Uh, most recent to wear it, Brock Purdy, baby. Um, will he finish number one on this list? I hope so. God, I really hope so. Um, an absolute beast. You know, and again, pro football reference, they measure players uh, by what they call just an approximate value um, to attribute a single digit, you know, or just one number that encompasses what that player did for the team. Brock Purdy's already at a six. Really, really high. Um, and so, you know, I get just other names that have worn 13 recently, Brock Purdy, River Craycraft, Drake Kirkpatrick, yikes, um, Richie James, which I thought Richie James was a fun one because I remember a lot of positives from Richie James. He was with us for three years. He had 38 catches in his three years. He goes to the giants one year alone, had 57. So he kind of exploded. They don't have wide receivers. They do now. But uh, uh, that's Richie James, Aaron Burnbridge, if you remember him. Steve Johnson. That was a fun year, 2014. Joe Hastings never really played too much. Then you get into the quarterback kind of yuck, uh, Sean Hill. You know, he played with us from 07 to 09. He had an 11 AV score, right? So Brock Purdy plays half a year, has a six. Sean Hill played for three years, got an 11. He went 10 and 6 with the Niners. Not bad. Uh, 23 touchdowns, 11 interceptions. Not bad. Really not bad. Steve Bono. Oh, man. 1989 to 93. Uh, one of the funniest exchanges I've ever had involved Steve Bono. Um, just talking about how, you know, Steve Bono should have been the heir apparent to Montana, not Steve Young, because Steve Young was terrible. Internet's a weird place, man. Uh, anyway, Bono went 5-1 and one with the 49ers with a 14-7 to seven touchdown to interception ratio. Stats were good. Um, just wasn't really there. Tim Rattay. Oh, Tim Rattay. 2000-2005, 11 AV score again, 4-12 and 12 with the Niners. But 24 touchdown passes, 18 interceptions, not terrible. Just not good. He, he wasn't a good quarterback. And then I think the top two... Brock Purdy, we'll have to wait and see. I think eventually he could be number one. But Tom Whittem, Tom Whittem, the punter, two-time Pro Bowler uh, in his first two years. Dude stepped on the scene in uh, 1973. It was the one of the best of the business back-to-back -back years. He finished with a 13 AV score, and I, I don't think anybody would disagree with me here. Frankie Albert, baby. Frankie Albert, uh, just such an incredible dude. It, it goes on. It, he's back in the 50s. You know what I mean? Now, the problem was 
is Albert played with lots of different numbers. He was 63 and 13, but he played with the Niners, you know, 68 starts. Um, he, he was around before they even, you know, I had to do a lot of research. Obviously, I wasn't around in the 50s or 40s for that matter, but dude was awesome. Um, yeah, led the NFL in touchdown passes twice in 48 and 49, you know, pro bowler. He was a three-time second team all pro. It just played a lot. Finished with 115 career touchdown passes, 98 interceptions, and a lot of that was way before they started keeping track of all these stats. They didn't even keep track of quarterback wins, losses back then. Uh, they didn't start doing that till 1950. So his first four years, you can't even, like, you'd have to go back and manually compute it. I didn't have time for that. Uh, but, yeah, I'm going the best ever to wear Good old number 13, lucky number 13, Frankie Colin Albert um, from Glendale, California. I, I didn't even know that. So uh, we're, we're going to go there. He was drafted by the Bears, eventually came over to the 49ers in 46. But, uh, yeah, he did a lot of good work for us. So uh, that's what's up. That's what's up. And uh, just I, I was, again, just doing research. He passed away in 2002, but kind of lived the rest of his life in the Bay area. Um, and so, yeah, and he was a lefty. So quarterback defensive back, what a cool story. So that's there now. All right, guys, I hope y'all ready. It's, it's about to get weird. It's about to get weird. Dad, he says, hit that like button, join the Patreon, man. I appreciate you, uh, supporting that like that. Dad, thank you tonight. We do have our Wednesday. Um, we're, we're going to be hanging out, watching some games together and all that fun stuff. So tonight, we are going to the 1994 Denver Broncos versus 49ers game. Uh, that's what we got tonight at 5.30 p.m. That's available to all, every single Patreon member. And if you haven't joined yet, man, go check it out. We put a lot of content up over there. there there's no doubt about it. Uh, just yesterday, I put an hour-long breakdown of Braden Willis versus D winners, the TCU versus OU game. Was a blast. Um, both those guys balled out. I got my little scribble pad over here. I was keeping track of how many positive plays for each player. Um, I finished with D Winters getting 16 positive plays and Braden Willis getting 15. Um, having said that, Braden Willis was the better player of the game, and I don't think it's close because he didn't have negative plays. I can't find negative tape on Braden Willis. There's a lot of negative tape on D Winters, but the talent goes to D winners by a mile. So if, if you want to join us, go check that out. Uh, 49ers Patreon, just type that into Google. will be the first one to show up. Or or you can go to patreon.com slash 49ers Rush Podcast. That's where you will see that. Now, here we go. What's up, George? Uh, one of the show's producers, man. I'm excited to say I got my flights to and from Minnesota all set up for the Monday night game. That's what's up, baby. Yes, I'm so excited, man. Hanging out with George is about as fun as it gets. That's all I can say. Uh, the man with the cigar. I, I freaking love it. So uh, if you guys are coming out to a game, let me know. Um, it's always exciting for us to, like, pay attention. And, you know, I get the registrations coming in on 49ersRushRoadTrip.com. But it's always exciting to hang out with people, which George and I have hung out several times now. So uh, just continue to build those relationships. And so excited to have you come out, man. Um, Dan says, did the fan move yet? No, the wife, I dropped her off this morning. The reason why the show wasn't at 10, it was at 11. Uh, we're still in Los Angeles. So I had to drop the wife off at the airport. She's flying up to the Bay Area now, probably just landed. She's going to check out a couple of houses and flying back tonight. 
because <laughs> she's got work meeting. Uh, so we are in. It's a mess over here in the Chapman household, guys. Uh, just throw that out there. But that's okay. That's okay. We we are trying to embrace the positivity and you know the new location, which we're excited about going to the Bay Area. But it's still a work in progress. We hopefully we'll be there kind of the second week of July is what we're hoping for. Anyway, let's go. The worst of the worst. And I want you guys to disagree with me and help me out on this. Let's start at the quarterback position. You kind of got to. There were so many bad quarterbacks. I know it's one of the highest like bust rate potential positions in all of pro sports, but it was bad. Um, there were a lot of that. I finished with three kind of names. Um, the obvious one is Giov- Giovanni Carmazzi. He was drafted number 65 overall. So now here's where it gets weird because dude was drafted in third round. Okay. So it's like, eh. How much weight do you want to put on that? It was the year 2000. This was the Tom Brady draft, which definitely kind of adds to all of it, and it just hurts, right? Yeah, 49ers Holly says, yeah, Geo. It's got to be Geo because you could have had one of the best ever, if not the best ever, and instead you got a guy that never even played, never even attempted a pass out of Hofstra. Um, Just did work out. And it just sucks because, again, you know, you draft Carmazzi 65, Brady goes 199, just wasn't there. There, there were some other two other guys that kind of stood out to me. Brandon Domain, um, who I knew nothing about. He was picked 163. Football season may be over, but the action on the floor is heating up. Whether it's tournament season or fight for home playoff court, there's no shortage of high-stakes basketball moments this time of year. Get in on the excitement with Prize Picks, America's number one fantasy sports app, where you can turn your hoops knowledge into serious cash. And Prize Picks even offers injury insurance so that your entries stay in play even if one of your players get injured. For basketball games, if you have a player who exits the game in the first half and does not return in the second, that player projection won't count against you and the rest of your entry stays live. There's lots of bets. Stephen Curry, over 27.5 points. Draymond Green, will he make one three-pointer or no? Very easy things to bet. Download the app today and use code 49ers for a first deposit match up to $100. Again, download the PrizePix app today and use code 49ers for a first deposit match up to $100. Pick more, pick less. It's that easy. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba in 2002 so super late but he never even appeared in the game so like it is a wasted pick completely but then jim drunken miller that would be the one if somebody told me jim drunken miller was the worst i would be cool with that i I would totally understand that because now again we're focusing on guys the niners drafted there are other terrible trent dilfer you know he played like four games and was like the worst player of all time uh, for the 49ers not what he did beforehand and again, I don't care what any of these people do with other teams. This is just what has happened with the Niners. But Jim Drunkenmiller, that dude was drafted the first round, number 26 overall in 1997. He threw one touchdown, 
four picks, played in six games, done. D-U-N. You know, I, I would much rather, like if you had to pick, would you rather spend the 65th pick on a guy that will never play for you or the number 26 pick on a quarterback that will play six games and be done and one touchdown, four interceptions, since didn't belong in the NFL? I would prove, I would, I would choose Carmazzi. But man, this is a little sprinkling of uh, Tom Brady on top of that is it, rough. Uh, I don't like it. Uh, yeah, right here. <laughs> it's drunken. Not, yeah, there we go. Drunken Miller, not drunken Miller. Man, I'm from Texas, dude. Come on, Tommy. You know this. You started this off with the Vince Young hate. Um, let's go, VY. I will say this. Probably one of the best days of my life was being at the Rose Bowl. In 2006, it was the 2005 season. I was in the corner of the end zone, baby, um, when Vince Young beat USC. And I, I'm saying that the way that it is because Vince Young was unbelievable. So, uh, hook him, baby. Hook him. Yeah, mispronunciations, it's going to be a thing. Uh, now, this is where the running back position I hated. I did not like looking at all these names. There were just so many. There were so many. Just bad ones. And guys I never even knew about, I just kind of stopped. I, I kind of threw my hands up. And I was like, man, I do not want to do this anymore. This is starting to depress me. I, I don't know. I wound up saying my least favorite running back of all time, the biggest bust pick, was Joe Williams. One of the most recent. You know, the, the Shanahan's very first draft. Pounced the table for this guy out of Utah who already retired once and then came back. Now, he had a very troubled pass and loss in the family, and I'm not trying to diminish that at all. And I know that this is kind of a negative show, but I think going back and looking at these things, it's just like, man, how did you not see this? Kyle pounded the table for this guy. He, he finished with zero carries. I remember the very first trading camp. I was watching the, the trading camp warm-ups. Dude was just back away from everybody in the running back thing. They kind of had to force him to come up and do the drills. He didn't want to, didn't want to be there. And it just, it showed from day one. Finished with zero carries. How can you be a running back and get zero carries? Uh, and what hurts even more is that you traded up for him. And the pick that you traded away, you traded a fourth and fifth round pick to jump up and get Joe Williams. That fourth round pick was Marlon Mack, who was awesome. Marlon Mack was incredible. Ah, and the fifth round pick became Anthony Walker. Decent. But yeah, just, I mean, it took one day to realize Joe Williams ate it. Um, and then the Matt Breida thing and all that kind of took over, which was really, really cool. Um, yeah, right here. I'd say one of the biggest running back bust in history is Reggie Bush. He did get a Super Bowl with, and he, he did have, I think, one decent year. Um, with the Saints, yeah, he wasn't that good uh, in the NFL. He was great and a spectacular player, but not a top-five pick. And I think that Reggie Bush kind of – we always talk about, you know, with Saquon Barkley and Josh Jacobs and all these guys out there that are saying, you know, the depreciation of the running back position has gone too far. That's Reggie Bush's fault. He was the most can't-miss running back ever. It was just kind of a third-down back. That's all he really was. Uh, probably I'm probably playing it down a little more than I should, but, yeah, like it, that changed things. And Kyle Shanahan was one of the deciding factors in that. If you remember, the Houston Texans had the first overall pick that year. And Charlie Casserly was the GM 
and went around with all the position coaches, and Kyle was one of them, and he says, all right, we're down to two players. Do we take Mario Williams, the defensive end out of NC State, or do we take Reggie Bush? And every single coach said who they wanted. Shanahan was like the OC or wide receiver coordinator. He's one of those guys. And he said, Mario Williams. And so it's 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 interesting, right? But yeah, I do believe that Reggie Bush moment, and you could even go back a little bit further with Cadillac Williams, Ronnie Bell, and my guy, uh, uh, Cedric Benson, who was a huge bust. But like you have this very short time in NFL history where the running backs were at a premium. What was it, like three running backs went in the top six, right, with Cadillac Williams, Ronnie Bell, and Cedric Benson? Uh, just off the top of my head, I think it was like 2004, 2003, but whatever. And it just never did pan out. But now you look at this year, you had two running backs go to the top 12. It's been a minute. Detroit was dumb for doing that. Uh, I get the Bijan Robinson just because I think he's a generational talent. Again, I'm biased. But Jamar Gibbs is great, but not a top 12 guy for a team that hasn't been to the playoffs in forever. I don't know. We'll see. We'll, we'll see what that looks like. Anyway, I digress. Um, Mo says, I think Todd Gurley played a role in that too. Yeah. Todd Gurley was borderline MVP back-to-back years and then 26 and out of the league. Never played again. I, I think Todd Gurley still, I'm curious. <laughs> if you guys had to guess how old Todd Gurley is currently, what would you say? Because he's only 28. And he's been done for a couple years. Dude hasn't played since 2020. That was such a weird. It was so weird how that played out. But yeah, I, th- I think you're right there. I think you're right there. Um, now, for some of the questions and topics that are coming in, Shari, she says, you know, I hope Brock Purdy's the starting quarterback this year. I love that stuff. Keep them coming. I'm going to keep starring them. And I'm going to ju- I'm going to tag those on to the back of the episode. So otherwise, we're going to be here for about two and a half hours, which isn't a bad thing. I wouldn't mind talking nostalgia, 49ers, and all this stuff for a long time. Um, but, yeah, so if, if you guys got your comments, go ahead and throw those in the chat. We'll get to those, but I'm going to hold those to the end. So I had Joe Williams as my least favorite, and I know people are like, ooh, Trey Sermon, because you traded up for Trey Sermon, but Trey Sermon had 43 carries, 186 yards, and a touchdown. Joe Williams never had a carry. Never had a carry. Uh, LaMichael James, number 61 overall in 2012. He had more fumbles than touchdowns, but kick returns were decent. Um, He had some moments. And then I found this guy who I had no clue existed. James Pace. Anybody? (laughs) Bueller? Bueller? This is back in the 50s, 1958. He was drafted eighth overall. Eighth overall. Dude played in 12 games, had 52 carries, two touchdowns, and was done. That's a top 10 pick. So if you wanted to include that, that's outside my frame of reference. But just so you know how far back I went, I did. I went back to 48, uh, <laughs> which I, I love the fact that there is information out there um, for the 49ers. But, yeah, once I got to 48, I was like, yeah, I think I'm done. I, I don't want to go back anymore. So I could be missing somebody, but – there were a lot of running backs that, that I just didn't really like um, that didn't pan out, it, which is weird because now the running back position is seen somewhat as a can't-miss position if you're drafted, guys, yet Kyle Shedahead is missing. Ty Davis Price, I, I do not put into this category um, really at all, 
But yeah, we'll see here. Oh, right here. This guy says Kajana Carter, man, Penn State retired with, you know, just over 1,100 yards, considered a bust with a high draft pick, the Bengals. Yeah, that was rough whenever he got hurt, man. Uh, I was such Penn State. That's 1994. Kerry Collins. Yeah, Kajana Carter. They had some dogs on that team. Very fun, you know, pro style offense back in, you know, I hate Ohio State and I hate Michigan. So, like, I, I no problem rooting for Penn State. But I thought Kajarda Carter was going to be awesome when he went to the Bengals. Uh, but just didn't work out. Didn't work out. Uh, Dan K says, Jet got $40 million from us and then got a Super Bowl ring with Kansas City. Yeah, I kind of limited this to guys we drafted. That was a terrible signing, though. You're Jet, I, I, don't, I don't know what to do with that cat. He's ultra talented, and Kyle loved him. He just got injured, what, back-to-back -back years? Um, yeah, not good. And then right here, like, here, I need to open this back up just because I think I'm going to be referencing this a lot. I don't think that Ty Davis Price is even close to where you would put. I mean, again, here, I'll, I'll pull up the numbers now. Uh, sorry, it's this is I'm on Pro Football Reference, which is just an insane site, which I love. But, like, if you look at you know, what he's been able to do, Ty Davis Price, it's not even close, man. Um, let's see here. Where's his numbers? Is it not going to pull up? I don't think it is. Golly, there's so many running backs that you could talk about. Um, it's not filtering by the year anymore. Cuss words. All right, I know how to fix this. But, like, again, if you just look at the numbers, good Lord, there's so many. <laughs> I'm scrolling for days over here, man. But if you just look at what he was able to accomplish, even in the playoffs, like he does not belong in that category. He had 99, you know, 34 carries, 99 yards. It's been one year. It's been one year. Like, I, I just don't see it. He, he's already got way more than LaMichael James. He's got more than James Pace. He's got uh, maybe a little bit behind Trey Sermon. But Trey Sermon had those two years, so I, I don't put him in that category. Will he wind up there? I don't know yet. But again, like Ty Davis Price, you know, 34 carries, 99 yards, not great. He's averaged about three yards per carry. No catches. Maybe, maybe you're right. I remember it being much positive, more positive than looking at the stats. What is what was his uh playoffs? I don't think he put yeah, he didn't get a carry, but he got some snaps in the playoffs. Yeah, maybe you're right. Uh we'll have to see there. But I, I I'm I'm holding out hope. Marcus Lattimore. I don't mind that pick because you were swinging. Marcus Lattimore was a guaranteed top 10 guy before that knee injury. And I don't think that they were wrong on the evaluation. They were just hoping. You know, this is part of the Trent Balky All-ACL team, and we'll be going through that. There's no doubt. But there was hope. And if he played, you knew what he was going to be. You know what I mean? And he was a positive locker room presence that all the guys kind of, you know, rallied around. It just never came about. Um, yeah. Yeah, look at you, Paul. You, you're hurting me, man. You're hurting me. You're hurting me. Uh, you talking about Booby Dixon? No way, Jose. That dude was awesome. Uh, Booby Dixon was great. What was his What was his final? Anthony Dixon is, is that what his name was? Yeah, Anthony Dixon. He was drafted in the sixth round. Played for the 49ers for four years. 
He had eight rushing touchdowns. He was a short yardage guy. Yeah, I don't put him in there. One, because he was drafted so far late. And, yeah, I mean, he contributed. But he was a glorified fullback. But he got a lot of touchdowns. Um, oh, Hain the Pain. That was an undrafted free agent guy, right? Uh, he is now in prison, uh, which is where <laughs> is where he should probably be. Uh, did terrible things, and so he's got to go. Right here, Mo said, I think because he was taken to the third, it seems to only fall down. Older. You're talking about the Marcus, yeah, Lattimore. I don't know because if Marcus Lattimore did bounce back, I, I, I understand the logic, right? I get it. It didn't work out. Didn't work out. But we all saw what Marcus Lattimore was. And so, yeah, if you want to put him number one overall, I get it because he was drafted before Joe Williams, right? Joe Williams, fourth-round pick, never played. Marcus Williams or Marcus Lattimore, he was third-round pick, never played. So, logically, I get it. But, man, what if? Ugh. And so, yeah, I don't, I don't have a problem with that. At all, at all. Uh, Greg says, I wonder why Debo named TDP as the players most excited to see this year when asked. Hmm. TDP, is, he's stout. And so he's a Debo-style runner. We saw the physicality in which he he runs hard. And we saw that. That's not even just college tape, which is strong. Like, he runs physically imposing. Him and Jordan Mason are kind of two, two of the same guys. But we saw Jordan Mason more, right? So... I get it with the Debo mentality. Like, that dude is mean. Uh, he bounces people uh, off the ground. Um, yeah, right here. Thomas, he says that Lattimore injury was nasty. Remember, Gruden said he'd come out of retirement to coach him. Yeah. Oh, what's up, Crazy Juice? How we doing, man? Uh, coffee? Yeah, he had a good year. We're talking some Glenn Coffee now, um, which, you know, he left for the military. Right. And so it was like a pastor slash wanted to serve from Florida. I remember that he went to college at Alabama and he came out, started two games his rookie year, 83 carries, 226 yards, one touchdown. Yeah. 11 receptions. You know, not bad. Not great. And that was in 2009 and then just pieced out 22 years old. We, we've had a couple guys that just kind of pieced out. Um, and so, yeah. Yeah. Oh, Mo says, oh, yeah, I was talking about TDB, not Lattimore. I apologize. Both, so far, not good picks. Not good picks. Um, Greg, I wonder if Bobby Turner signed off on the Joe Williams pick. I'm sure he had to, but that was a Kyle guy. That was a Kyle guy. You remember the story, right? Kyle Shanahan pounding the table. I can't sleep knowing we might lose this guy because – it was after day two of the draft. You had Thursday round one. You had Friday rounds two and three. And the 49ers were deep on the clock in the fourth round. So they, they had like 20-plus picks before they were picking day three. And Kyle couldn't sleep because he thought he was going to miss out on Joe Williams. And so that's the pound the table. I'm in charge. I hired you, Lynch. You do what I say. <laughs> so Lynch did it. You say jump, I say how high. And uh, Kyle got what he wanted. Yeah, I don't know Bobby Turner. Bobby Turner likes everybody. And I don't mean that as a negative. It's just Bobby Turner is a great dude. Great dude. So, all right. That's enough crappy running back talk. Um, let's get to these wide receivers. Oof. I had two standouts for me, um, but I have one, two, three, four runners up. A.J. Jenkins, I think, is the worst pick in franchise history. 
Now, the problem with that is he was picked 30th overall. So, yeah, he's a first-round pick, 2012. The problem was this was a badass team that just needed a little something. And, I mean, they were so freaking good. And this dude couldn't step on to an awesome team and just be average. You know what I mean? Like, like for me, A.J. Jenkins is the worst, in my opinion. The worst overall draft pick. But it was 30th overall. There were a lot more higher picks that didn't pan out. He had zero receptions. He rejected Jerry Rice. Work it out with him. Jerry Rice won train with him. He said, nah, I'm good. Like, again, back to Joe Williams. Like, why do we miss on these draft picks? Because we don't know what's up here. You mean to tell me, like, if I'm in an interview with you, AJ Jenkins, hey, Jerry Rice wants to work out and train with you. What do you say? Nah, I'm good. He's old. He's old. I don't want to, I don't want to do that. Like, Hell no. Like, get that out of here. And so, yeah, I just... Ugh, ugh. Yeah, it, it... I can't stand... He had zero receptions as a first-round wide receiver. Zero. Zero. Goose egg. Ugh. <laughs> Makes me bad. Makes me bad. Nobody else is saying the other person that I got up here. Come on, who's the worst wide receiver not named H.A.G. Kids? I, I've seen these names in Jenkins and Woods. Dante Pettis, I didn't put up there. He put up a lot of touchdowns. He was a head case, a second-round pick. Dante Pettis had some good numbers. Woods, I got Woods in my honorable mention. Um, Ronnie Bell talking about these guys. Uh, Shari says, uh, breakout rookie of the year this year, sticking with that wide receiver position. I like it. J.J. Stokes, he had a lot of touchdowns. Um, <laughs> streets, I love it. Jenkins. Oh, Vish, the man. Dude, oh, what's up, Vish? He says, Ronald Johnson, fifth-round pick, but not making the roster. That definitely hurt. But again, man, am I the only one? Kyle Williams? I had Kyle Williams as my second worst ever. Now, I understand why people maybe didn't bring up Kyle Williams because he was drafted number 206, right, back in 2010. But if there was anybody that could have ever had a call-in sick day, it was this guy. Those two fumbles in the playoffs against the Giants, like that ruined that ruined so much. And so I don't know, man. I like am I the only one that just freaking hates Kyle Williams? <laughs> this is maybe the answer. <laughs> and again, Kyle Williams might be a good dude. I, I I understand talking negative about these guys. I don't want this to get lost on the humanity of who these humans are. And I'm sure he's great, but damn it. Oh, I don't think I've ever been more angry. I can't think of a time. That actually, no. The most angry I've probably ever been watching sports was the Navarro Bowman injury in Seattle. That one was like, I was ready to cause some problems. Uh, probably good I would. I was ready to cause some problems that one. But that was an external source of anger, right? To Seattle, and I still hate them to this day for that. All of them, even though they weren't even a part of it, doesn't matter. It's burned, right? But Trainwreck, what's up, Brian? He says, I've bleached Kyle Williams out of my memory. Um, yeah, and so Kyle Williams was us. We did this to ourselves, self-imposed. You know what I'm talking about? Ah, man. Yeah, Slick says, you know, J.J. Stokes, because of how great he was at UCLA, he was incredible, man. And you look at Stokes played for nine years in the league. 
He played for a long time. He played for the Niners for eight years. Dude had 327 receptions, 4,000 yards, 30 touchdowns. I mean, that's a pretty damn good career to play that long. I'm curious. I'm gonna I'm gonna look this up real quick because I I bet you he's pretty damn high on the all time receiving yards for the 49ers. Like I bet you he's pretty damn high. So if we're looking at yards, yeah, JJ Stokes is 13th all time on the 49ers all time receiving. He's a he's ahead of you know Debo Samuel, Anquan Bolden, RC Owens, Frank Gore, Hugh McElhinney. He's right behind Michael Crabtree and Roger Craig. Like did he hit the expectations that everybody wanted? No, he didn't. But to say that, you know, I do not put him in this category. Maybe maybe I'm wrong, but, oh, here we go. And this was a little before my time, Gregus. Uh, I never felt the pain I felt when Roger Craig fumbled away our three-peat chances. Yeah, yeah, I get that. And whenever I talk to my nostalgic guys, like tonight when we're doing our hangout, watch the 94 those guys know a lot more about it than I do. You know what I mean? Because I jo- I joined, I was nine years old. So I, I came over in um, 90, 91. So that was my, yet again, I was nine. It's funny because we were going through the 1994 season, and I remember I did not miss a game. I didn't miss a game. I didn't miss a game. And I, I don't remember any of it. Like, not any of it. I don't remember a lot of it. I don't remember that Deion Sanders didn't play the first three games in 1994, even though, you know, he won defensive player of the year. That was crazy to me. Um, I, I, I didn't remember that William Floyd didn't start early on as the first-round pick. In my mind, William Floyd was the beast, him and Ricky Waters the whole time. No, William Floyd didn't start until, like, week four or five, and they eased him back into it. Like, there's a lot to this story that, man, it's a long time ago. And so going back to the Roger Craig pain, uh, that was a little bit uh, before me. Crazy Juice says, honestly, forgot about Kyle Williams. Um, yeah, yeah, there we go. I like it, and I hate I, I hate the Giants. I still hate the Giants. I always will hate the Giants. Um, yeah. Ugh. Anyway, now, some other wide receivers that I had in my runners-up list. Rashad Woods is one that everybody keeps talking about. He was drafted 31 overall. He had seven catches, 160 yards, and one touchdown in 2004. He was basically done. Um, Brandon Williams, name I don't remember, 1984. Oh, sorry. He was drafted 84th overall in 2006. He finished with zero catches. Uh, Derek Hamilton, number 77 overall in 2004, zero catches for the 49ers. And then Sam, Sam Dickerson, drafted number 55 overall in 1971, zero career catches. So... You know, again, Jenkins drafted higher than Woods and no catches. So that that's what puts him there. Kyle Williams in my number two. If I gotta start doing these guys on the all hate team or whatever, um, that's there. Dan says Jalen Hurd. Now again, you know, I just went over when was Jalen Hurd drafted? Because I, I he was in the third round, and you, you don't have to say I know about Jalen Hurd more than anybody. I was so high on that. He was drafted 67th overall, never played in a regular season, but we saw it, right? That's that's the thing that where I think I differentiate some of these guys. I love Jalen Hurd. 
coming out. I was so high. I had him ranked a spot higher than Debo, and I got to quit telling that story because I lose credibility, but that's just the reality. I put out my draft rankings. Like, people could say they're high on whoever. I had Jalen Hurd one spot ahead of Debo. I was wrong on how low I was on Debo, but I had a second round on both of them, right? So I had Debo where the 49ers had Debo, but I was even higher on Jalen Hurd than the Niners were. They took him in the third round. He went pick 67 overall, early third round. But we saw it. That one preseason game, two touchdowns, powerhouse, rave reviews through training camp. That back injury happened. It was all downhill from there. But we saw it. You know what I mean? It was there. And, and so that's why I feel I, I almost want to put Jalen Hurd in the Marcus Lattimore territory and the fact that greatness was there. You you weren't wrong. Just the medical. The medical. And uh, take it for what it – but again, Kyle uh, – A.J. Jenkins was drafted 30th overall, no catches, right? You've got um, Sam Dickerson drafted 55th overall, no catches. So there's guys that were drafted ahead of him. But if you want to put him up there, I totally get it. It sucks, man. I remember when the moment that I thought the Jalen Hurd show was finally done. He was injured all year, 2019. And the Niners went to the Super Bowl in Miami. And it was my first 49ers rush road trip. We had Frank Gore to come out. It was awesome. But Jalen Hurd didn't even travel with the team. And I was like, ooh, he can't even fly on a plane? I don't know if that dude's going to be able to, you know, come out. And, yeah, I don't know. Anthony says, yeah, I was about to say Hurd, too. He's in, he's definitely in the category. But I, I don't know. Am I the only one that, like, whenever there was potential for it, like you saw it, nobody saw it with Joe Williams, right? Nobody saw it with AJ Jenkins. Remember when they drafted AJ Jenkins and everybody was like, "Wait, what? Undersized, slow, Illinois, huh? Slot only? Interesting." Like nobody saw greatness there. Rashawn Woods out of OSU, you saw greatness. Uh, he just head case, work ethic, all those things. Um, yeah. There we go right here, Thomas. He says, you know, Jalen Hurts' Tennessee tape as a running back was crazy. Yeah, I mean, he was – that dude could ball, man. That, that dude could play some ball. Hey, what's up, man? RTP in the house. Good to see you guys. Um, Hurts' potential made his career even more disappointing. Yeah, you see it, man. Ugh. Yeah, Dante Pettis, we talked about, you know, his numbers. Again, another guy I was so high on. He was my wide receiver one that year. And he had some good moments. He had touchdown catch to win the game against Pittsburgh early. You know, he played with the Niners for three years, 38 catches, seven touchdowns. Not good, right? You traded up for him. You went and got him 44th overall, right in Debo territory, right? But I, I wouldn't put him in these other guys' category. I get it because it's fresh, and he just didn't have the mindset and the work ethic and the attitude. He's scared to get hit. I think I think that's a lot of it. What's up, Shache? How you doing, man? Hashtag CC. I love it. I love it. Uh, Dan says, you know, I hear you on herd. I'm just bitter because he got my hopes up half a dozen times only to crush me again. Yeah, is he coming back? Is he coming back? And I think probably one of the things that's like most alarming, uh, maybe not alarming, but nobody's even worked him out since. When Lynch was like, yeah, we finally got to move on. And, oh, man, it breaks my heart. 
Forty Iron Holic says, "Man, back to work. Glad I got a bit of live action, dude. Appreciate you, man. Uh, thanks for everything you do, man. Heck yeah, appreciate the support, you guys. If you're watching this show, man, you guys are great because here we are. It's June 14th, <laughs> and we're talking the worst of the worst, but it 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 brings everything to light. You know what I mean? And that's what it's about. So I, I want to say thank you guys. Uh, if you're here right now, it means a lot. And so you know, hit that like button." Hit that subscribe button on YouTube or leave a positive review wherever you are. And if you're coming out to party, like George said earlier in the chat, man, I'm so pumped. We we got a lot of stuff coming this year on the Rush Road Trip. Going to 49ers games is awesome. But what's even better than that is going to 49ers games with the faithful, joining the community. And we got you covered. The 49ers Rush Road Trip is going into its fourth year of bringing the faithful together. Night before parties, tailgates the day of. We got you covered. Go get your tickets at 49ersRushRoadTrip.com. Now, probably one of the funnest positions, or most fun, I think is what you're supposed to say, uh, was the tight end position. There were no busts. None. Nobody. Like, which is weird because tight end is one of the most difficult positions to transition from college to the NFL. There was nobody. The, the, the winner for me, and it was based off a of draft position, I went Ken McAfee in 1978. He was the uh, number seven overall pick. He played in 29 games, but he had 46 catches for five touchdowns with the Niners, which isn't terrible, but he's a top 10 pick. Uh, but, like, there is – to get to a, play, a tight end – okay, so, like, real quick, I'm just going to ramble off some of these tight ends that were drafted and how many games they played, right? Vernon Davis, incredible, obviously. Ted, Ted – Qualic in 1969, he had a played 108 games. Monty Strickles in 1960, 115 games. Bob Windsor, 66, 117. Aaron Thomas, 61, 133. Vance McDonald, y'all remember him? He played 101 games. Like, I didn't like Vance McDonald whenever he was here. I think his best games were in Pittsburgh. But, like, that dude played a long time and had some positive moments. There, there's just not – there's not a lot of misses. You, I mean, you got to get down to like the sixth round. 2002, in the sixth round, they drafted Mark Anelli, who played in two games. That's a sixth round pick. Who cares? Um, like, there's just, there's not really negatives, um, to be honest with you, they're, they're, until you get in the fifth, sixth round. And like, like you could say, well, Caden Smith, you remember him in 2019? We drafted him in the sixth round. We cut him. Giants picked him up. This dude's still playing in the NFL. Like, we missed on the roster, but tight ends are solid, man. I, I was pretty I, I was pretty happy. I, I, I was very, very happy. Oh, here we go. Can somebody answer my question? Because he won't. With, uh, Charis, I apologize. I, I'm not sure which one you're talking about. You got a couple questions in here, and I appreciate you. I was going to get to a lot of the questions after the show, uh, but I apologize. Here we go. Let's get to this one. Uh, I, I'm not trying to ignore questions. I apologize about that, Sharice. Uh, who has better this year, Ronnie Bell or Juwan Jennings? I'm going Juwan Jennings by a considerable margin. Because it's his contract year, because he's so cheap, I, I think Juwan Jen I think this will be Juwan Jennings last year. I think he's going to go the way of Kendrick Bourne, and then Ronnie Bell would step in next year, right? So we've already kind of seen this play out. You had Kendrick Bourne. 
they cut Juwan Jennings, right? Kendrick Bourne's last year. They cut Juwan Jennings. They brought him back, but he sat for a year. Then Kendrick Bourne leaves. Juwan Jennings steps into that role. I think it's going to be very similar for Ronnie Bell this year. Uh, he's, I'd put Ronnie Bell probably at a 50-50 shot to make the roster this year, but I think he's going to be around for a minute. And I really, next year would be his year because this is the contract year for Juwan Jennings. I think he leaves and Ray Ray McLeod. I think he leaves as well. So uh, that, that, that's where I would put that at. Um, and yeah, so, so again, sorry, uh, I'm by myself. Uh, Clayton's not here. He's working. So, uh, yeah, if you put my name on it, it does help, uh, very similar to like what you see here at JC or at John, it just helps me real quick. So apologize about that, but I'll get to your questions. I, I really want to. Um, oh, look at this, Joe. What's up, Joe? He says, Ken Mac, uh, McAfee, McAfee, tight end taking seventh and 17 day was too slow. Wasn't timed in the 40 pre draft, only lasted two years. Yeah. And uh, like, again, it's not like he was bad, but he went awful. Dude scored five touchdowns. Like, again, we go back to the wide receivers. I could list seven wide receivers, probably 10 wide receivers that the Niners drafted in the first three rounds that didn't even get two touchdowns. This dude got five. So what? A, the one thing I took away from this was, man, we freaking Niners have, when they draft a tight end, pay attention. They drafted two tight ends this year, Cameron Latu and Braden Willis. So, you know, I wasn't high on the Law 2 pick, but dude put up, what they say, like a 50-yard touchdown last day of minicamp. So, uh, yeah, we'll see. We'll see. Charis, what's up? Okay, thank you for answering my question. I got you. I, I'm just a little slow. S-L-O-W. Um, all right, let's get to the O-line. This was interesting because most of them, it was like the all balky ACL team or, you know, th there weren't really a lot of bad tackles. A lot of bad guards, not a lot of bad centers. So tackles, I put Chris uh, Ruman. He was drafted number 89 in 1998. Played six games, zero starts with the 49ers. Yeah, again, like usually when you draft tackles, they play pretty well. Um, the other tackle I went with was Lance Olsen. He was drafted number 65th overall in 1968. He played nine games. Like I had a very difficult time, you know, talking about these top-end tackles and kind of like, man, you hit on everything. You could talk about Dan, uh, Don Compora, 1950. He was drafted 23rd overall. He played 25 games. Like, there's just not misses. You got to go all the way to the fifth round for some of these guys. Frank Jer Jeremiah back in the 50s. Like, they, they just hit on most of these guys. They, they really, really did. Now, guard, yeah. guard was rough. And we, we got a party going on outside. I don't know if that's picking up on here, but I apologize about that. Not going to do about that right now. Now, guard Brandon Thomas. Y'all remember him? Oh, zero games played. Balky's all ACL team out of, what's it called? Um, he, he was out of Clemson. That's right. And he kind of tore his ACL in the draft process. And it was just zero games played. Now, the one thing that is kind of saving grace for Brandon Thomas was they traded him to the Jets for Jeremy Curley. And Jeremy Curley came over and led the 49ers in receiving receptions. Not good numbers, but he had 64 catches and 667 yards and three touchdowns in one year. So you got something out of Brandon Thomas. He didn't play for them either. But, yeah, that was a bad pick. I, I We needed a guard bad. And then stick with it. Josh Garnett, 
11 games started for the Niners and was so bad. And they traded up. And again, context is important here. And this is why I had Josh Garnett over some of the other guys. We traded the number 37 and number 105 pick to jump up to 28 to get Joshua Garnett. We traded with the Chiefs. They took Chris Jones with the number 37 pick. Ugh! They don't win that Super Bowl without Chris Jones. They don't beat us without Chris Jones. My opinion, Chris Jones was the runner-up for Defensive Player of the Year last year. Uh, one of the top 10 players in the NFL, Chris Jones. And so we got Garnett. Ugh. Ugh. <laughs> I don't know if y'all could, like, sense my, like, ugh, just like, I feel like I'm being tortured over here, but that's okay. Um. Okay, there we go. Can't hear the party all good. That's good. That was loud as hell. Um, it was super loud. I'm glad you couldn't hear. What's up, Matthew? He says, damn, JC, this is the worst for real because I don't even remember many of these cats' names. That's good. That's good. But, yeah, the Joshua Garnett hurt because not only did you trade up for a guy that didn't work out, but, like, you knew right off the bat. You looked at Josh Garnett, and you're like, that's not an NFL player. Ugh. Yeah, yeah, it's rough. Uh, there we go. Chiefs also got Kelsey after we took McDonald. Yeah, Gregus, there you go, man. Oh, I forgot about that. I remember I wanted, I think I liked, I think I liked Escobar that draft. Gavin Escobar out of San Diego State. That was the guy I wanted. Cowboys ended up getting him. Uh, him and Vance McDonald had similar careers. But, yeah, Kelsey, good Lord, man. Um, ugh. Yeah, yeah, it's rough. Uh, Jay said, this episode is making me crack up a little and die inside at the same time. That's goals. That's what we're trying to do. Now, some guard runner-ups um, for uh, Dean Caliguare. Uh, I'm sure I mispronounced that. He was drafted number 92 in 1990. He played nine games. And then probably this one should have been higher, but Jeff Bragel in 1987 was drafted number 37 overall. He played in 21 games. And with, you know, a lot of these linemen in the first, second, third rounds, they're getting playing time. I can't go back and look at the PFF scores in 1987. Those don't exist. But uh, the center position, this will be our last one for today. We'll do defense another time. Um, George Morris, number 21 in 1953. Like, it was hard to find a center that the Niners drafted that didn't pan out. Most of the guys were decent. Um, the runner-up and like the most recent one was Marcus Martin out of USC. I remember him. I, I, he wasn't even bad. He was drafted number 70 overall in 2014. He started 24 games for the Niners and then kind of bounced around a little bit. But there was not a bad center. There was not a bad tight end. There wasn't really a bad tackle. There were bad guards, a lot of bad running backs, a lot of bad wide receivers, and a lot of bad quarterbacks. And so, yeah, it, it's <laughs> it, it's it's weird whenever you look at these and it's like, ooh, ouch, ouch. And some of them just keep on hurting, you know what I mean? <laughs> the pain does not. Uh, so, yeah, Joe right here, Josh Garnett. I couldn't remember his name, selective memory. That's good. Your therapist is doing a good job. If you're blocking out Joshua Garnett, because he couldn't block anybody out. Oh, I shouldn't have said that. I shouldn't have said that. Anyway, um, there we go. Do you, uh, Anthony asked this. Do you think any of these players could have been better under a current, current coaching staff? Yeah, there were definitely some scheme fit issues um, for some of these guys that just didn't really pan out. 
but uh, yeah, it's, it's <laughs> shots fired. <laughs> yeah, it's bad. All right, let's get to some positive talk here. Let's go to the best 49ers player to ever wear the number 14. Ever wear the number 14. Now, th- there's a <laughs> there are a lot of players around. Again, what they did with other teams doesn't matter. Austin Mack wore, uh, he's the wide receiver, Austin Mack. He had that. Jalen Hurd, he was 14, never appeared in a game. Tyler Bray, you remember him. Uh, Kevin White, we had for a little while. He didn't do anything. Mohamed Sanu, Kasim Osgood, the B special teamer. Remember him? Max McCaffrey, Chad Hall, Joey Sly, the bicep punter, uh, buff dude. Jim Drunkenmiller, we talked about him. He wore 14. And then we get to, you know, some of these guys. Brock Purdy, uh, he he's changed his names, his his number two, whatever he bounced around, whatever. JT O'Sullivan, who I just cannot stand now, he drives me nuts lately. Uh, Tom Owen, but really, there's only two guys. Yeah, preseason Brock Purdy was 14 before he switched to 13. That's correct. There's two guys. Um, Ray Wershing. Absolutely incredible. 39 on the AV score. 39. Super, super high. Uh, to put that into perspective, JTL Sullivan's the next highest on this list with six. And then you've got guys that were around before the score fits in. And we'll talk about that later. But Ray Wershing, uh, I mean, two Super Bowl wins, 11 years with the 49ers from 77 to 87, led the NFL in points scored in 84. Incredible. And, you know, whenever I first pulled up this this whole data sheet on Pro Football Reference, I was like, oh, it's Ray Wershing. And then I started reading down the names, and I'm like, oh, wait a second. Why does this guy have such a low score? It's Y.A. Tittle. Y.A. Tittle, baby. Now, Y.A. Tittle's such a badass. He wore number 64 his first year with the Niners in 1951, then switched to 14 from 52 to 60. And obviously Hall of Famer, MVP, but not with the Niners. Uh, he, most of his best years were with the Giants. However, he did have four Pro Bowls as a quarterback with the Niners and one All-Pro um, as well. Led the NFL in touchdowns, uh, pat, passing touchdowns with 17 in 1955. Um, so again, yeah, he made the Hall of Fame, but not with us. We have not retired his number. They're not going to. I think, I think he even sees himself a little bit as a Giant almost. Um, I mean, he's an absolute beast and you, you can go back to, you know, I have a whole playlist on our YouTube. If you just scroll down, it's called 49ers nostalgia, where it's just nothing but conversation. Cause every single off season, I add five or six of these and it's like best second round picks ever best running backs ever worst, whatever. And it's just a whole bunch of these episodes like this, which I love and they take way more time to go through and dig up all this stuff. The ratings on these are the views and downloads usually are much lower, but this is like, this is my wheelhouse, man. Uh, <laughs> I want, I want to be like a professor of the 49ers and understand like the historical context of these players. But you know, why Tittle was with the Baltimore Colts for three years before he joined us. And then he goes to the giants for four years after us. And wins an MVP, wins a Super Bowl, like does all these things. Like he didn't do that with us. And so I love Wyatt Tittle. It's a long story short. We we talked best quarterbacks ever just about a month ago. You can go back and check that episode out. Um, but anyway, 
uh, we'll see. We'll, we'll kind of see what that looks like. Um, yeah, yeah, I love this. I love all the Ray stuff. Worshi, uh, can I get a tittle? Yes. Uh, John Brody was 12. Um, Gene Washington. Yeah, we already did the Brock Purdy one. And Gene Washington was 18 for the 49ers. So we will get to him. Um, yeah, he was 18. The numbers always kind of mix up in my head for certain ones, but it's so funny because I forgot where I was, but we had to remember numbers. I don't remember what it was, but I told my son, I was like, Oh, you know, I was like, Oh, it's, it's, it's Ronnie lot, Steve young. And he's like, what? I was like, Ronnie lot, Steve young. He's like, I don't know what that means. And I was like, I've failed. <laughs> Cause that's how I remember numbers like players. Right. Um, yeah, we, we got the, the great tittle. A little tittle. Can I get a tittle? There we go. Uh, Ray didn't look at the goalpost. Yeah, that was the, uh, again, before my time. But Joe says, you know, he, he didn't even look at that. I love it. The goalpost looked at him. Yes. Yes. Uh, look at this. Brian says, 17 passing touchdowns. Must have been a Shanahan as OC. Ouch. Ouch. The million-dollar backfield, says Anthony. Good. Now, a couple of just starred questions I wanted to get to. Uh, a couple of these from Sharice. What's up? Hope you're still with us. She says, I hope Brock Purdy is starting quarterback for the 49ers this year. Yeah, I think Kyle Shanahan does too. I think John Lynch does too. I think a lot of people do. Um, and I, if I had to bet who starts the most games, it should be Brock Purdy this year. But I do want to see Trey Lance. I do. I want to see it. I want to know. I got to know. I got to know. I got to know what's behind door number three. We haven't seen it yet. And whether that's his fault or not, Mm, I want to know. I want to know. Um, here we go. This guy. He says, linebacker Todd Kelly. We're going to get to some of those. Kwame Harris. Um, now, he was a guy that... I'm going to misspell his name. Dang it. Because it's not... Whenever you type in... It doesn't pull up cuss words. But yeah, anyway. We'll, we'll get to... Kwame Harris didn't pull up. Uh, Reggie McGrew, Rashawn Woods, name a few who didn't pan out well. Yeah, man, very, very good. A lot of names there. And so I hopefully I'm sure I missed somebody. And <laughs> what's in the box? I love it, man. Um, I don't know who I am in that story. I'm pretty sure. I don't think I'm Kevin Spacey. Um, I know I'm not Brad Pitt. Maybe I'm Morgan Freeman. Uh, who knows? Maybe I'm Gwyneth Paltrow. Uh, but some people are like, what? What are you talking about? Uh, the movie seven, one of the best scenes ever. Uh, David Fincher for the win. Uh, but anyway, this has been fun. If there's somebody I miss, reach out to me. Uh, and, and I can do a post or whatever I do my next show. I'll say like, hey, guys, we missed this blatantly because I'm sure I missed stuff. I, I was not around for a lot of these. Um, and so, yeah, you, you guys just let me know uh, what I missed. But this was fun. Excited tonight. Make sure you tune in with us. Uh, all Patreon members, baby. We've got a short abbreviated show tonight. YouTube has gone by and they are cleansing the databases of all these 49ers games. So I was able to find a feed of the Broncos first 49ers game, but it's it's like four, it's like 35 minutes because it cuts out all the commentary and it's just like when the play's over, it cuts, it goes to the next one. So tonight's gonna be a pretty quick show. Uh in the past, they've lasted, you know, a couple hours and we just kind of hang out. Tonight's show will be a little fast. Plus, I gotta pick up the wifey uh from the airport when she gets back, and hopefully we got a house. <laughs> <laughs> anyway uh yeah uh we'll have to see how that goes but man i just want to say thank you this was a lot of fun and i hope to see you guys over there tonight 
um, on our Patreon channel. And until next time, stay strong, faithful. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.